Welcome to the Pixel People podcast, where we go beyond the quest lines to discover the backstories and motivations of our favorite video game NPCs to better understand them and ourselves. I'm Amelia, also known as Firewriter, and each episode I'm chatting with a special guest about a character they find particularly interesting. Since we're taking a close look at how these characters impact the story, please be aware that spoilers are likely. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, welcome to season two of the Pixel People. I'm Amelia, aka Firewriter, and I'm thrilled today to kick off the new season with this particular guest, Ken Vigu, the creator and showrunner of Chad, a Fallout 76 story podcast, which just recently passed an incredible half a million listens. Ken is a career marketer, brander, and designer who fell in love with Fallout after playing Fallout 3 and has played every new Fallout since. He's also involved with a variety of Fallout community projects, and he is the founder and organizer of Fallout for Hope, which is right around the corner. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, right around the corner. Yikes. <laughs> no, not yikes. It's a good thing. Just yikes for there's a lot of work behind it, and that's all going for such a good cause. So, Ken Vigu, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you. This is so cool. So... Who have you brought for us to talk about today? I have brought the villainous President Thomas Eckhart. Yes, which is not a choice I was expecting. So I was like, ooh, intriguing. So why? Why Thomas Eckhart? When you think about... um the ripples that someone can create um, and how their their own prejudices, their environment, and their circumstances shape the choices that they make and how those choices can really create dramatic effects locally, regionally, nationally, globally. Um, he is uh, a real fascinating hot mess that led to the complete and utter devastation and, and downfall of virtually every surviving person in, in Appalachia in Fallout 76. Um, he's a real piece of work. <laughs> he is. You know, it's, it's funny because I, um, I had to go looking because despite the hours and hours and hours that I have put into Fallout 76, I didn't know much of his story. Like, I knew his name and I knew who he was and I knew like some of the places that you know he kind of where he had his fingers in and stuff like that but when I really uh dug in and read you know the wiki and stuff like that um I was just astounded by how much detail there was because we've done we've done another uh 76 character we did uh Shannon Rivers and so like Shannon this is a character that we never get to meet we only get to see the effects of what he's done, right. which is everywhere, which is the entire story, essentially. But it's all told through uh, tapes and terminal entries, and we have to piece together the entire mess ourselves. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because you you kind of have to dig to put together his story. Mm -hmm. um, it's a marvelous, just um, disorganized set of tapes and surveillance recordings and journal entries, like you said, um, at the White Springs bunker. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't even know that much about him until, um, I mean, I'd read a few terminal entries and whatnot, but someone on YouTube took all of those and put them in chronological order. Mm. And if you listen to them on YouTube, it it's almost like a compelling soap opera. Everything that went down in that vault was just insane, completely yeah. wild. Like that that could be its own show. There, there was a <laughs> lot of layers going on there. Some dark motivations and clashing personalities and traitors and turncoats. And it was really interesting. Yeah, is it, you want to give us kind of the the overview story and how uh, President Eckhart fits into kind of the overall story told in uh, 76? 
Yeah, um, he was a, a pre-war politician. Um, his uh, came from a, a background of, of business people, and um, upon rising to, to power, he became Secretary of Agriculture. Um, <laughs> Which is such a strange choice, because you wouldn't think of that person as having like any real power at all, or... <laughs> You know, and and that's almost the interesting thing. Um, yeah. I mean, he was he was really driven um, to pursue political ambitions, and we can talk a little bit about where that came from, mm-hmm. and also where his real hatred mm-hmm. hatred of communism and China um, possibly came from in some yeah. content that was cut from the game. But um, when you think about people in in weird positions forgettable positions they almost um because they're in a position that has so little respect they almost overcompensate by putting themselves into other bastions of power mm-hmm. um i mean what he did so he, he he became involved with the enclave at some point in time we don't really know how whether he found them out or he was courted or or what the case may be we don't even know too much about the true foundations of the Enclave and how that all got started. But at some point in time, um, in the lead up to the Great War, um, once the early warning systems were activated on that that final day on October 23rd, the Enclave personnel um, and government officials, they, they scrambled to head to the White Springs bunker. The White Springs Bunker, like the real bunker that is actually the Greenbrier Resort, was intended mm-hmm. to be for the president, the cabinet, um, senators, secretaries, pretty much everyone that you would need to um, put the world back together again <laughs> for the United States after nuclear devastation. Yeah. Eckhart gets in there um, along with the other Enclave personnel and immediately <laughs> executes anyone who is an enclave yeah um, yeah just, which is just which is just bonkers because it's like he he has all these grand plans but then he he just kills pretty much anybody who even says a peep otherwise yeah uh, anyone who's not an enclave just completely shot um yeah. and, and i mean some of the people uh, members of congress they came to the bunker figuring that, you know, this this would be their salvation. <laughs> that they that's, found. that's kind of the point, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, it's wild um, when you, you stop to think about um, how much Eckhart really knew about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Because the original plan that was supposed to happen um, was the president was supposed to go to the White Springs, go to the mm-hmm. White Springs bunker. Um, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Instead, he ended up in the Fallout timeline hanging off to the Poseidon oil rig. Right. Um, and then someone, and we don't know who, it could be um, his agent, Gray, the connection between the White Springs bunker and the oil rig was severed, disconnected, mm-hmm. um, and then later disconnected also from Raven Rock that we see in Fallout 3 in Washington, D.C. Right. So... Not only does does he completely just assume power, go from Secretary of Agriculture to de facto President of the United States. <laughs> I'd love to know some, how many people claim that particular title in the years in some just right wacky, after. <laughs> like he completely he isolates them mm-hmm. from everyone else mm-hmm. and com- takes complete unilateral control of that spot, which is is kind of wild when you think about it. Yeah. Because regardless of what his position with the Enclave was intended to be, I can guarantee it wasn't supposed to be that he was going to take over as president. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, this later on, as time goes on, um, members of the Enclave started to really doubt what he was trying to do. Um, and that yeah. created some real tension within the bunker that culminated in a couple of ways. Um. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to to think about who severed those connections. If it was him, yeah. or if it was just uh, 
I noticed that when I was, uh, you know, kind of reading and filling in the blanks that I didn't know. I was just like, there's an awful lot of really convenient coincidences for this guy. <laughs> Way too convenient. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> and from, from day one, he, I would argue, based on his, his personality, what he does in the vault and kind mm-hmm. of his, his obsessiveness with eliminating communism, period, um mm. he he had his own plan mm. yeah and acted on it pretty quickly yeah um, is is what i think probably happened um because as soon as he he gets in there the very first thing that he wants to do is make sure that anything that's left of china is completely turned to glass yeah and so everything that he he does inside the vault um inside the bunkers was designed to really just go to town and, and secure the nuclear arsenal of West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, which is really where, where a lot of the downfall of Appalachia began. Yeah. Um, once they started experimenting um, with FEV research that they mm-hmm. got in, at West Tech um, in order to, to get access to the nuclear silos. Unfortunately for him, the the system was automated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing was was designed to to work as it should. So in order for him to get command control of the silos, not only did he have to become president, which you know he kind of did, um, <laughs> he had to trick the so automated <laughs> system into thinking that, you know, this is DEFCOM 4 situation here. Yeah, this is, yeah. And so all he did was just create chaos in the region. You yeah. know, the super mutants sort of running around. Um, they find the, the Chinese infiltration base at Mama Dolce's. Yes. Um, reprogram those and then just let them loose on the wasteland. And, you know, take all of... The, the FEV and start releasing these mutated horrors mm-hmm. into the area. Um, all of which, you know, starts creeping up the DEFCON in order to give them access to that. Um, yeah. He, to- he's so obsessed with destroying China that he's completely willing to destroy everything that's left of his home just yeah. to get his pause on these weapons yeah liberators super mutants um <laughs> he he became an increasingly more reckless in what he did um it was the the scorch beasts mm-hmm. ironically enough that that really um raised the alert level all the way up to defcon one yeah um and it's at that point that that other people within the Enclave facility turned on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a firefight broke out. Um, Santiago, who who conflicted with him, um, who were loyal to him, ended up engaging the uh, Eckhart's officer troops. It became a, a full firefight, during which Modus is damaged um, <clears throat> and then just decides to kill everybody. <laughs> Just wipe the slate clean. Um, it's interesting to hear in those tapes too. Modus, when you're hearing him, uh, sounds very different in those before he was damaged. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that, but you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, he's more conversational, more agreeable, yeah. less less monotone and creepy. <laughs> it's just a weird change. And yeah. then as soon as he's damaged, it's just like, well, you guys gotta go. Probably a good call. <laughs> yeah, so the uh, Modus released toxins and, and just killed everybody that was left. Yeah, including Eckhart. Yeah. It, it's, um, they don't really explain at all why or what his motivation was. Um, in some of the, the, the content that was cut, there was a terminal entry that is in the game, but disabled for whatever mm. reason. Um, that gives a little more backstory to him, saying that he was the son of a disgraced businessman, yeah, Joseph Eckhart. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the age of 16, his um, father 
just went on a complete tirade about U.S. capitalism and ended up defecting to China. Yeah. Um, if you know a little bit about American history, the the period um, of McCarthyism, mm-hmm. of of widespread red scare paranoia, was a really interesting one. Yeah. In that um, anyone remotely associated with with socialism or communist mm-hmm. leadings or sympathies um, was was literally put on a list. Yeah. Um, Charlie Chaplin mm-hmm. <laughs> was put on a list and escorted out of this country. Um, it was really a wild time, but there's 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 a whole lot of McCarthy in President Eckhart. Like you oh, can yeah. really you can see the the influence of McCarthy in him, um, and, it, and it makes sense overall with um, the the vibe and aesthetic of Fallout Anyway, relying so heavily on those you know fifties ideas and and tropes and and politics and stuff like that that it that it pulls in McCarthyism as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, McCarthyism run rampant. If if someone essentially didn't put a stop to him, yeah, it just would have continued escalating because it was absolutely pretty wild up until the end. Um, in terms of his the amount of power that he amassed, mm-hmm. yeah, and the ability to just make wild accusations, and for it to literally just the accusation of that destroying your life. Yeah. Um, something yeah. that was really wild for that period in time. But um, yeah, his, once his father defected to China, um, it, it ruined Thomas Eckhart's life. Um, yeah. And so he, to distance himself from that, he became such an anti-communist um, to a fanatical degree. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, the, the world has ended here. There's, there's not, the focus should be on survival and instead of using the enclave resources to bolster the free states um help the brotherhood the they could have rebuilt appalachia much less restabilize and started to branch out and put the united states back together again instead because of his fanaticism Mm -hmm. he condemns everyone to death destruction Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting too, um, you know, as I'm reading through and seeing how many people went along with it. Like, there were plenty of people who were just like, no, this is, this is insanity and were killed immediately. Um, others like left to suffocate. And I mean, there's just like all these crazy things going on, but there were still people that he managed to convince to go along with them, presumably because, you know, promises of power and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, there was a time when I would have thought that was nuts, but I no longer think that, <laughs> you know, and it's like, now I, I have a much better understanding of exactly how that works. History and, yeah. tends to repeat itself. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. One of my, my favorite Star Trek The Next Generation episodes of all time is called The Drumhead. Okay. And in it, um, there's there's an explosion in the engineering, the warp core, um, and it's believed to be sabotage. So an ambassador comes in, starts to conduct hearings and investigations to 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 find the culprit. Mm-hmm. Um, they eventually find um, someone who was, in fact, stealing information. Um, from the Enterprise, but she then continued to dig, and it's sort of where there's a shadow of of a conspiracy. There's conspiracy everywhere. And so um, as the episode goes on, there's this point where they go from informal hearings to full-blown, full-courtroom investigations. Um, she had a bigger staff investigating everybody, and it created this this fever pitch mm, um, yeah. of taking innocent people and who hadn't done anything at all. Um, there was a a medical officer named Simon Tarsus um, whose um, 
was either his father or grandfather, was found out to be Romulan. And he never put it down in the Starfleet entrance exam. Hmm. So um, that was painted as a conspiracy when the reality of it is he knew he would never have gotten into Starfleet if he'd have put that down there. Right. Um, simply because of the, the, the stigma. And um, eventually it gets to a point where Captain Picard does this absolutely amazing speech talking about what was happening here what she was doing um and her father that she looked up to he used psychology on her and she ended up just going off on him in the middle of the courtroom and once she did that the mask broke and everyone saw her for what she was mm. that's kind of where the episode ended but it's it's a fantastically well-written episode of that same kind of mccarthyism yeah where where we become so afraid of shadows and specters that we 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 paint ourselves into a frenzy um and it, it's never good never I, yeah. ends well i feel like in a lot of ways we're kind of in the middle of that right now like, we are yeah yeah it's it's scary to see and it, just to see people drowning in misinformation and even when they know that it's misinformation refusing to budge from it because at that point they've got a they've got an agenda they've got a story to sell they have and and to what purpose you know becomes the question um power yeah i mean that's the answer yeah you know what it's (laughs) not not everyone is is aware of their motivation and hunger for it yeah some people um authentically believe um in what they believe and what they're preaching Mm -hmm. and calling out and saying and writing and blogging and podcasting about whatever it is some people legitimately believe that. Other people don't. Other people mm-hmm. just know that you're stupid and are taking advantage of that stupidity to stand on top of you to gain power. That's yeah. how it has been all throughout history. But I also think we're at a weird point now in our time Definitely. in the same way that, that fallout was before the mm-hmm. Great War Yeah, where it's, it's civilization in a pressure cooker. Yeah. Um, when you look at, at Fallout, you have limiting resources. Um, you have out of control inflation. <laughs> you have um, a, a vacuum in in terms of power. Um, fear of uh, running out of fossil fuels leading to um, more and more reliance on nuclear energy and the dangers mm-hmm. that come with that. You have this rampant paranoia. Um, in the form of of anti-communism yeah um somebody decided to pull that trigger yeah (laughs) whoever started it um but it's it's interesting to see the parallels between what happened in the fallout world and really our our own not just now but at other periods in our time where we become so tribal yeah that we define ourselves by our tribe alone Mm -hmm. and stopped Stop objectively looking at things um, from a truly objective standpoint, um, and taking the time really to to research or learn for ourselves. I mean, we have people now that you know you you wear a mask, <laughs> and there are people you see videos all the time online, um, and here locally we see that too. Where people mm-hmm. will say something to you just for wearing a mask, yeah, um, yeah, as if somehow you wearing a piece of cloth is a threat to them in some way. It's very strange. it marks your tribe. It, it that I mean that's the only if if you wear a mask, you were a part of a particular tribe, and perhaps it is the uh, the uh, enemy. Yeah, I'm just, using air quotes here of the of the tribe that this person has ascribed to, and and weird. none of it's logical. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's and it's about being, hard. It's about being, be- yeah. being part of your tribe. And, yeah. yeah, and it's it's hard because this is such an it's such an emotional 
reaction and 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 every it's like everybody's running on pure emotion right now and that's just such a dangerous place to be fear uh, it, fear always leads to anger when we're afraid <laughs> it's easier to to take that fear and transform it into anger because you're you put yourself in an emotional pressure cooker mm -hmm. um we can't live in that kind of a state mentally for very long yeah so we build up we build up and then we have to release everyone does mm -hmm. and you can release online by you know uh, swearing at someone and flipping off someone on facebook and trolling whatever it is um or you know yelling at someone in public over a mask or yeah. um you can only stay in that state for so long before you have to have a release. Mm -hmm. um, fear always turns to anger. And that's where things get dangerous. I mean, that's really, the Fallout universe is is a perfect example of that mm -hmm. time and time again. Mm -hmm. um, where Where fear and anger create these really horrifyingly sad stories they do they do you know and it, like, it's i think that's that's part of the appeal of it too is is being able to it's it's an escape but it's a dark escape because it's still holding up that mirror to our our lives and our society and we can see ourselves so clearly in it and it you know i was i was talking earlier my my entry to um Bethesda games was Skyrim, which happy birthday Skyrim, um, <laughs> but um, but it was Fallout that grabbed me, and and Fallout grabbed me because it was so real. This was a world I knew. This was a world I understood. Um, even if even as terrifying, I I don't want to. I, as much as I love this game, I do not want to live in the world of Fallout. It's a it's a terrible horrible place. But it's our place, and I know it, and I, I understand the motivations of the characters, even if even if I don't like them or I think that they're wrong or messed up. I get it. It's 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 so real. When you think, um, Shannon Rivers mm -hmm. and her daughter is another mm -hmm. great example of that. Yeah, that, we, that you'd mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, where you have a third party um, see a conflict mm -hmm. and a relatively stupid conflict. Yeah. Like, like, like that is, a, it's a very teenage daughter versus the mother kind of scenario. Yeah. That ended in a deadly way. Yeah. But you have, um, you have someone who, and, and these people always are out there. They always mm -hmm. will be where they see, um, a conflict yeah and they have the ability to insert themselves into that situation turn it to their own devices mm -hmm. and pit people against each other yeah um which is pretty much what what he did yeah um the entire all of the mistresses killed um mm -hmm. you know shannon rivers and her daughter dead it's because of, the, of this raider guy yeah and then just the kind of happened to be in there yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, that was <laughs> the theme of that particular episode was tragedy because it was just like everything about it is just this didn't have to happen. This is so terrible. And, you know, the plug could have been pulled at any time. And, you know, if people had just talked to each other, they could have they could have figured it out and gotten it together. But that didn't happen. And that's a and, lot of and, what you see in 76. It is particularly and you see the duality of choice. Mm -hmm. Um in the instance of Shannon, here's someone who who embodied the character. Fantastic actress mm -hmm. um, who had the role literally stolen from her. Yeah. In the transition from radio to the silver screen. Yeah. And instead of using that slight to to turn that to anger and hatred, um, it's turned into something positive in terms of what she did yeah. afterward and how she she redirected that and redefined herself mm -hmm. as opposed to say fixated 
on that slight or what was done to her. Right. She moved beyond it and she turned it into hope. Mm-hmm. She got people together and she created the mistresses and they were trying to to help people in Appalachia behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame her, her daughter didn't see that for what it was. They would have had yeah. a very different outcome. Yeah, and instead she could have she could have done what Eckhart does and and fixated on this one particular person and sought out revenge and dedicated her whole life to this revenge and Yeah. I mean <laughs> I just I, I can't even imagine, you know, and and it sounds so so despotic and and so tyrannical and so over the top but there are people like this that, who who are just so single-mindedly obsessed with this one slight i can think of i'm trying not to get super political here uh, but you know what i mean where it's just like they're so obsessed with with revenge with vengeance with showing everybody how wrong they were all of this that they just foment chaos um you know and and these aren't just major people we know people like this in our everyday lives oh yeah absolutely someone um didn't get to be prom queen and Mm -hmm. you know or or (laughs) someone was was picked on in school and so now they pick on other people or um never really grow beyond yeah the root of this always starts when you're young in the instance of thomas eckhart it's um his father wasn't who he was supposed to be yeah and there is nothing more life-altering to the course of a child than for your parents to let you down in any fashion in an instance where um you know a parent could be abusive or Mm -hmm. narcissistic or um not even present yeah and that shapes the development of the child and these these patterns replicate themselves um in a variety of of different ways as adults yeah it always manifests itself in other ways but it could always be traced back to that one singular root whatever it may be sometimes it's simply that the you know, a child just isn't isn't cared for or appreciated or um, given what they need. And so they find other ways of getting that, whether it's yeah. uh, attention or power or mm-hmm. when really they just need to be hugged. <laughs> you know what? If Thomas Eckhart had been hugged... <laughs> This would have been very different. His dad like had hugged his, him more instead of defecting his dad would have, If his dad would have stopped with the manifestos about capitalism and said, come here, son, giving his son a hug, things would have been completely different. It's a lesson for everybody out there. Go hug your kids, like right now, please. That's right. You never know which one of them is going to be the next secretary of agriculture. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, the kids, let's see, it's 1921, so they're going to be about 55. <laughs> That's right. That's a whoo. That's a thought. Uh, <laughs> who knows what we're creating right right this very minute? <laughs> it's it, it's interesting too because you know I mean I mean Thomas Eckhart's father here is clearly a very very drastic case. I mean I mean to go from I mean there there's obviously a middle ground between the the extremely capitalistic society of you know the u.s and fallout and the extremely communistic society of china and fallout there's there's so much middle ground and that he has to you know feel like he has to go all the way over here and 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 that's what triggers um everything with eckhart later but you know as you brought up it could just be the smallest thing that nobody even thinks of and it's exactly what you said at the very beginning that sets off a ripple that nobody could possibly predict that may not come to fruition for decades and it's like how do you how do you stop that how do you prevent that and i mean i guess the answer is you can't you can and it always comes down to in the choice of shannon it comes down to actually allowing yourself 
to see yourself mm. Mm. in, in yeah. all of your your failings and also to understand your motivations mm. yeah um i think a lot of us aren't it's it's god we're going back in time here to when i was in high school but it's typical <laughs> maslow's hierarchy of needs that we're talking about here yeah yeah it's like from a psychological standpoint what 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 do you need yeah. what were you missing what are you hungry for that you may not be consciously aware of that could be shaping your reality how yeah. do you change that um and it's always the choice to either remain in a pattern so like a a typical abusive parent will, will abuse their child. The child will then grow up, become an abusive parent, <laughs> abuse their child. Yeah, like yeah. It's, a, it's a perpetual cycle. Um, a narcissism's uh, narcissists breed narcissists. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are, um, you know, all about the spotlight, or who are envious of others, or um, parents who maybe put too much pressure on their kids trying to get their kid to live the life that they wish they had mm, is yeah. another brutal crime mm-hmm. where you put so much pressure on the child to be you, right. to live the life that you didn't have as opposed to the life that maybe they want, also can really create a massive ripple in that child's life where either they they hate you or they become you and yeah. it's not who they're supposed to be. Um Really, Fallout characters are really littered with this kind of rich backstory. Yes. When um, Tom uh, from the Fallout uh, lore cast, Mr. Mm-hmm. Robots, <laughs> and I had interviewed um, Ferret Bowden, mm, yeah. one of Bethesda's lead writers, and one of the things that he said that really stuck with me is when they write lore for all of these characters, all of these backstories, they write their complete story. Like he knows what what Eckhart's motivations are, what made him this way, um, and he'll purposely delete things, toss out a tape, you know, turn off a, a journal entry like they did yeah. here, so you look, so you miss a little bit of his backstory. But they do that because they they want us to to come up with our own answers or yes. to think about it and debate it. They kind of love that. They don't like giving us all the answers. Well, which from, for them, I, I love it too. <laughs> what, which, and you know, for those of us who are like really into lore and just want the answers, it's just like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Give us the answers. We want to know. I love hunting down on those little details, though. Those, uh, it's like once once you find one of those little pieces, it's like everything making things click into place and and understanding the relationships between people and stuff like that is just. It's so much fun. <laughs> the best example of that is in Fallout 4, when it took them years, years to turn on a terminal entry that was supposed to be on, where you stumble on the fact that you are a synth. <laughs> and to this day, most people who played Fallout 4 in the early days never knew that. That's so Where is that be. one? I haven't heard about about this particular one. Like I know there's, I mean, there's speculation, and I've 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 obviously heard, you know, the the, the back and forth and the evidence for and against. I hadn't heard that there was actually a terminal that said that. Todd Howard, yeah, Todd Howard had talked about it. It was something that was supposed to be on, uh-huh. and then they just forgot to turn it on. Oh, that's hilarious. Which, which is which is mind blowing because that changes the entire oh, yeah. story oh yeah the entire story everything that you went through everything Sedema that you believe right, and huh? you think you know <laughs> it's that changes everything Jeez. yeah i'm gonna have to go dig deeper into that because like <laughs> it, it changes the whole story and also yeah. it changes the point of the story mm-hmm. for sure when you think about um what is life yeah I think for most of these sins, particularly the advanced ones, they don't know any right, different. Right. Um, and particularly you, you would have you would have to be the most advanced synth ever. Yeah. <laughs> but you just you never. It changes everything. But they love they love doing that. Um, it's key pieces of the character backstory that that really get you to understand what's really going on here. Yeah. That's so funny. It, it's interesting too, because I think um, what is life is very much um, one of the key questions um, that they like to ask 
in Fallout. And I mean, not just in Fallout, obviously. Um, it's one of the key questions of sci-fi in general. Um, you know, when we start talking about things like AI and um, since I think would kind of fall into that to a certain extent, um, you know, the ghouls and, and not just what is life, what is humanity, um, what makes us us? Can that be transferred? <laughs> All of those questions. And, you know, when you think about it, that's that's always been kind of the question throughout all of Fallout. Absolutely. Going back to the very beginning, there's always a question in one of the games about what what is humanity or, mm -hmm. or what is this person human? Do you look at them as a monster or do you do you see this, this the humanity in them? Even the scorched. Mm, yeah. For all for all of the fact that they want to kill you. Um, every now and then, if you're quiet, you can hear them say a line yeah. where they have brief flashes of consciousness, yeah. where they remember who they were, or they have a memory. Um, and it gets you to really think about that. I mean, the mole miners are another example, mm, particularly mm -hmm. when you're hunting those treasure miners, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to kill you because I want this plan for this balloon arch mother trucker. And then, you know, here's this thing just... You know, it's it's just a pack mule. It's probably grabbing yeah. stuff from Mama. It's just walking along, minding its own business. It's it's not aggro. You you make a conscious decision to murder this thing and rip a blueprint out of its corpse so you can go make your goddamn balloon arch. <laughs> so what you're saying is that I feel really guilty about all the spooky scorched I just killed because really they're just trick or treaters and they just want to wear their costumes and look really cute. And it's not their fault. <laughs> but now I have a lot of really good jack-o'-lantern plans. <laughs> I came up with a sad story in my head about why they're doing that. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's that in their collective consciousness, they they realized what time of year it was. Yeah. And so they got Aww. back into costume for us to murder Make them. Make me cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry over the scorch now. <laughs> But they are, I mean, and it's it's interesting, too, because I think they did a really good job. You don't, I mean, some of us did, of course, you know, think too much about the Scorched until they brought in, um, in the Wastelanders um, expansion and introduced uh, Duchess and her crew. And then you get to see them, like, actually interacting with somebody who they knew who became a scorched and you have to make the decision. Are you going to be the one to kill them? Or are you going to make them kill them? Or are you going to try to spare this sad creature and, you know, to have that moment where you have to confront that reality that not so long ago, this was just a regular person like everybody else in that room. You know, I wish they would have figured out a mechanic for, for us to experience that. Mm. In in year one, in order to create a sense of urgency for us to move through the quest line to get the inoculation, right? Um, like if there, if if we had been able to catch the scorch plague mm. and start oh, yeah. to turn, and have some really weird manifestations of what that means, in order for that you know inoculation to be maybe a little more meaningful, I think that would have impacted us way faster in that first year before having NPCs. Um, I think the closest example that maybe you, you come to experiencing emotion with it is the Enola Walker tapes, which mm. I absolutely love. That just, you know, you have to chase them down, but it chronicles this woman whose whose family was killed. Yeah. Um, most of them died at the flood in Charleston, the Christmas flood, which is a, an incredible tragedy in and of itself. Right. Um, we're, we're most of of the survivors celebrating Christmas in Charleston were were killed by a flood. Yeah. So Enola Walker uh, contracts the scorch plague, um, and throughout the course of the tapes, you hear her changing, and it's mm. so sad. Yeah. 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 It's it's. It's interesting because I'm pondering a little bit, like, if they had had a mechanic like that, how many people would have chosen to let themselves become scorched and just played like that? <laughs> well, I think it would have created an interesting dynamic. Like, um, 
And I think that that may have been something that they were playing around with. Um, Nate, uh, Nate Perky pile, mm-hmm. um, one of the fallout 76 developers had shared that one of the mechanics that they had thought of early on was for you to have the ability to take control of animals. Yeah. Um, to spy on people like, you Oh, could, wow. You could project yourself. It's almost like the, the mechanic from, uh, dishonored. Okay. Um, or prey, I think you could do. You essentially you become oh, something, yeah. so you can you can kind of poke around and then return to your body. <laughs> it was a mechanic that they had Yikes. thought of doing that just didn't really work. But it would have been interesting <laughs> to see if if people chose to be a scorched. Yeah. Um, what what bonuses uh, and penalties would be related to to role playing <laughs> as one? That's for those of us who are who are just dying to play as ghouls too. <laughs> I know. I mean, we got that that stupid overall outfit with the the, the mask, but not working for me. <laughs> I mean, the mask is good, but why would you pair that with overalls? It's such a weird combination. <laughs> Interesting fashion statement. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back to Eckhart. <laughs> Back to Eckhart. <laughs> Back to Eckhart. Um, but uh, no, so we were we were talking about uh, power, though, and um, just that exploration of um, the idea of of power corrupting, and um, I I get the idea with with Eckhart. He's he's like he's like a reversal of that where he was. He was already corrupt, <laughs> and he was just so he he kind of turns that adage on its head, <laughs> which is an interesting take because he was kind of flying under the radar for so long, just waiting to seize his moment. And boy, it's did always, he get one! Yeah, it, he he waited, he planned, and he seized his opportunity. He knew exactly what he wanted, and he went he, he went right after it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. You're very welcome. To talk to me about Eckhart and 76 and power. <laughs> and all kinds of other- And all sorts of wonderful and different Star places. Trek Next Generation. And Star Trek and Next Generation, yes. <laughs> That's the best when it goes all over the place. And and kicking off kicking off season two with a with a fairly dark <laughs> discussion that uh went went in different places, which is really great. Um so if people would like to track you down, where can they find you? Um, yeah, for people who want to, to chase me down, Chad of Fallout 76 Story is on, on all podcasting platforms. Um, you can also find all the links to that at fallout76podcast.com. Um, you can learn more about the Fallout for Hope initiative, uh, the fundraiser that we do each year for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital um, at falloutforhope.com. And uh, yeah, Fallout for Hope will be starting December 4th through the 19th with uh, 300 of us worldwide taking part and uh, raising money for sick kids. And oh, hey, I'm doing that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun with it last year and I'm so thrilled to do it again. This was, it, I'm, thank you from the bottom of my heart for creating this uh, what you've everything you've done for the community just blows my mind and i've i've never experienced community like this before i've never i've never been a part of anything like this and to be involved with it in the way that i have been is I'm trying to come up with words and I kind of don't have anything right now because it's just, it, it blows my mind. Um, it's you been know, life-changing. You know, it's weird. And I was, I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking what, what would it, what would it have been like if Fallout 76 had not been around? My life um, would be so different. Oh my God. I mean, because I, I, I played, oh. um, I mean, I've I've played Fallout since Fallout Three, but mm. you know that's that's a very solo, singular experience. I didn't get yeah. involved in Reddit communities or uh, yeah. uh, online communities really much. But Fallout seventy six really changed all of that, yeah. um, bringing a lot of people together. 
just interesting how um, how multiplayer installation into the series created this unique environment for role play groups, um, mm-hmm. Discord communities, charitable things, uh, podcasts, and creation, and all yeah. of these things um, that you know, some of which existed before, but not like it is now. Yeah, like, like the community has a lot going on. Camp builders, and it's wild. Art, it's incredible. Art seventy six. Yes, <laughs> theater troops. That's and- what I was just thinking. The art, the storytelling, and I mean, it's it, the written storytelling, the podcasting. You just the the in game storytelling, the role playing. Just it's amazing to me what all of this is. And you know, I mean, I had previously sought out um, other you know, fallout folks, but it wasn't until 76 that I, I found them all. And I mean, probably, probably not all, but (laughs) I found a really good chunk of them. And, and it just, all that connection and especially over 2020, um, it, it kept me sane. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it was kind of a godsend. (laughs) It was. I, I just, I, I feel like I owe so much to this game now, you know. It's pretty bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you've been a, a, a cheerleader, a leader right from the get-go, and just thank you for that. It's, it's really awesome. It's a pleasure. Good deal. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on and kicking off the season and looking forward to fallout for hope and everything that comes next as am i yes thank you for having me (laughs) thanks so much thanks for listening to the pixel people podcast check out the show notes for links to the game and characters discussed and to connect with me and my guest want to be a guest on the show there's a link in the show notes for a short form you can fill out and i'll reach out to you A huge thank you to my patrons, especially my Tier 2 and 3 patrons, Red and Aperture Flash, and thank you to Elias Ali and Andy Brooks, who created the theme music. You can follow the show on Twitter at PixelPeoplePod, and keep up with FireRider on Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Enjoying the show? Be sure to subscribe, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I'd love it if you could leave a review. It helps more people find the show. See you next time.